So take two. <laughs> <laughs> we just did a whole interview, and uh, this thing hard hard disk got the wiped. Hard drive got wiped. So uh, I'm sitting in the van with my good buddy now, <laughs> Mike uh, from Rival Sons, who's uh, over here touring at the minute, uh, supporting Blackstone Cherry, and we're in, in the van in Newcastle. Uh, and we've been talking about all sorts of things, health mm-hmm. drinks and zinc. And yeah. And the listeners won't get to hear any of that, sadly. Oh, man. <laughs> Such a bummer. Well, <laughs> we could get into it. You can uh, make sure ladies and men drink, eat lots of raspberries in your smoothies. Why do we need to do that? Um, it'll increase your sex drive, testosterone production and estrogen produ- production and... And just the, the desire. It's a, it's it's uh, Mother Nature's Viagra. There we go. <laughs> You're a very knowledgeable man as far as uh, health products. Oh, yeah. Well, hey, I, I'm from California. I'm a hippie. I juice. I run barefoot. Um, I surf. I am the uh, the epitome... Of California. Of California. I managed a marijuana dispensary. Oh, did you? <laughs> I... Yeah. <laughs> I've done it all, man. <laughs> Everything you think of in California, weed, surfing, running you, barefoot. You, you are Mr. California. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, the band began back in 2008. Yeah. Let's talk about how that how that started. Um, well, I, I met Jay uh, about 10 years ago. We were in a band together. I heard him sing. I was like, dude, I want to play with this guy. And... So I, I met him, I gave him my business card, and that's how we met. Um, pretty dorky, right? So um, we, I played in his band, and then we went our separate ways, uh, but we always said we'd play in a band together. Um, and then um, a couple years later, I met Scott. Scott and I played, um, and uh, we were on the same page on a lot of things. And then I was on a jazz gig at Isaac Hayes' house um, for a Katrina benefit. Remember, we had Hurricane yeah, Katrina over there. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and, uh, I met Robin there and he was fresh out of North Texas, which is a pretty, uh, renowned jazz, jazz music, uh, school. Uh, they have a jazz program there. It's pretty, pretty awesome. And so, uh, I knew that we needed a bass player for this band that could span all styles, all genres, um, of music. You know, he's a great jazz player. He's, he knows pretty much every Motown song. Um, that there is, uh, James Jamerson's like his favorite bass player. So, um, and then Scott found Jay on MySpace, um, serendipitously and asked me, um, if I knew him and, um, I said, yeah, dude, I, he's like, yeah, he's, it says he's from Long Beach cause that's where I'm from. Yeah. And so, um, I was like, yeah, I totally know him. Uh, but he's never going to join our band. Are you crazy? He, listen to the music he's doing. If you, if you check out Jay's solo stuff, it's, it's it's phenomenal. It's beautiful. It's like it's like Joni Mitchell in a man's body. Like he's he's really talented. So uh, anyway, Scott and Jay talked, and Scott convinced him to come down and play. And we played Memphis Sun, and we did like a twenty minute version of it. <laughs> and uh, and the you know as they say, the rest is history. It's history. <laughs> and, and it's been quite a, a quick rise to where you are now. Uh, four years to be touring all over the world, you mm-hmm. know, uh, popular album, well, good sales on your album and stuff like that. Are you, were you surprised by that when it happened? Um, no, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, you always, 
You're like, we grow up wanting success, you know? I've been playing drums since I was four. Um, so, I mean, your dream is always to tr travel the world and, you know, so by that definition, I'm successful. So, yeah, um, I'm surprised, you know, I never want to be, um, uh, you know, uh, what do you call it? Too big for my britches or something, right, you know, yeah, like I, <clears throat> we, we, we try to remain humble and we're, we're pretty blown away that, um, we're getting the accolades we're getting. It's, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy in America. We're, it, we're pretty much unknown there though. So, you know, we have a lot of ground to cover. Um, but the Brits, uh, the UK, they get rock and roll. Thank you very much. I love you guys. <laughs> and they love you, by the <laughs> way. <laughs> and uh, obviously, you, you've been over here before, and uh, you support Judas Priest, which mm -hmm. is quite a strange yeah. tour to, to go out with for, the, for your style of music. What, uh, how did that go? That was, that was a really great move for us. I mean, the Judas Priest fans took to us really well, and um, the you know it proved to us that everybody's ears are more open than you think, just because you have a a black t-shirt with a, a carcass of a, a, you know, a wolf with a man standing over it with a sword. And, you know, the band name is called like flesh eater, you know, doesn't mean that guy didn't grow up listening to Elvis Presley and the Beatles and his, has cool parents that, you know, played him Otis Redding and stuff, you know, yeah, he yeah, did, yeah. you know, he just likes death, death metal. And so, um, so same with Judas Priest fans. I, I think a lot of them, they like, a lot of different kinds of music. I'll bet you even some of some of them like Nickelback. I would imagine. You think? I I, I mean, <laughs> who? I, I don't know one Nickelback fan. I have a lot of friends, and they are one of the biggest bands on the planet. Who are are all you Nickelback fans? Are you guys in in the closet? Secret. Come out so we can see you. <laughs> I want to see you. So you won't be going back to the States touring with Nickelback next year? <laughs> oh, we, we would love to. I mean, they're a great bunch of guys. We used to be managed by their manager. And, right. You know, that's why I, I feel like I can bust chops. But, yeah. um, no, no, it's it's actually just a, an interesting phenomenon. I, I, I think the Nickelback guys are are surprised about it. You know, like... Mm. like How it's... Who, who, you know, they're all at our show, but then you never see anybody out in public. With a... Yeah. yeah, it's a dirty little secret, really, isn't it? It the is. Back thing. And, and you're also <laughs> signed to a, a UK label as well, Earache, which, again, better known for, you know, Carcass and Morbid Angel mm -hmm. and all that death metal thing. Yeah. The, the forerunners of the death metal industry. Good support from that label, even though it's you're doing different stuff? Yeah, it's they're a great label. They're, they're around, like, 25, 26 years or something. Um... For, to be an indie label and to be around that long is, is you know, they, they definitely deserve um, the, like, the attention um, from us initially. We're like, you know, my manager had a meeting with them when he was over here, and uh, he's like, man, these guys are for real. I highly recommend we sign with them, and, you know, he, he's our manager, so we're... And how, how did you come to their attention in the first place, then? I mean... I think Digby, uh, the owner of the label, yeah. found us on MySpace. Right. And right. I think he happened upon us, and, uh, and they contacted us, and we were just like, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> this is not... Is this a joke? And we called our, our manager as, 
uh, assistant at the time were like, you know, hey, stop, yeah. stop uh, busting us, yeah. you know, because we were we were wanting to do everything on our own. We were gonna um, like outsource everything, and it's a new it's a new era. There's no big record deals. If you sign a big yeah. record deal, it's a 360 deal. Then the label owns all of your your publishing, your merch, your you know, mm. not all of it, but a humongous percentage yeah. of it. And, uh, you know, merch and publishing is where bands will, you know, put their grandkids through school, you know, that's, you know, you got to protect that as much as you can. And so we're, anyway, we're going to outsource it. We got that, uh, IZOD IndyCar thing where we were the official music of the IndyCar series. And, um, and that was 010, uh, 09 might've been 2010, um, when that happened and, and, uh, that was a good turning point for us but then when Eric approached us it was um uh our, our manager's like dude let's do it and they're based in the UK I think the UK audience will um be more receptive to what we're doing yeah. initially than the Americans and so um the UK is great I love it here this is my this is my second home I swear you were saying earlier that you are part Scottish part Irish yeah so. yeah um UK, I guess. I mean, um, my dad's pretty foggy, but, um, I mean, my grandma's Patterson, um, and then, uh, oh, I'm out of foggy on myself on my family history, but there's a Scottish guy in there somewhere. Right. Um, so there's the Scotch Irish and I think there's some German. My mom's got Italian and French. Right. I'm a Euro mutt. You're a European mutt, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, Eric, UK, this is, this is where we're starting. This is where we're going to, the the history books will say the rival sons broke out of the yeah. UK. Yeah. And you, you, have you also, you've been playing Japan and stuff as well then, or, or have you, mm -hmm. you done that as well? And Canada, Japan, um, basically Canada, Japan, um, Europe, and the UK. Okay. Um, we What's did, Japan like for? Uh, amazing, like, to, to arrive in a, re a really foreign land, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, even the English that they know is, is real dodgy. Yeah. It's like, I, I mean, I, I couldn't understand anything when you're there. It's the lost in translation thing is really humongous there. But, um, we walked out on stage and there was like 6,000 people singing the lyrics to our song. Right. Like yeah. we've never been here before. And there's well, all crazy. these kids and like jumping up and down, they have little dances, um, right. Where it's like they all rehearsed. It's it's right. they're an interesting group of people. Wow. <laughs> Very polite though. All. Oh, they're yeah. the nicest, sweetest people. I've I've come no offense to the UK, but <laughs> um the the Japanese people are just so they give unconditionally. Right. It was the closest I've seen in my life to unconditional giving. Right. And so so the recording of the album, um, I mean it sounds quite raw I mean obviously you must have done some production to it but did you did you play it all live as a band did, or mm -hmm. did you do it bit by bit or yeah we do it live um, we do it live like in the studio I mean Robin's 10 feet away from me Scott's 10 feet away from me um, the Scott's amp was like on the other side of the room behind like a little four foot barricade so yeah. I mean we're we're live in the room but my room mics for the drums are obviously picking up bass and guitar mm -hmm. um but we did it we do it through old microphones um old preamps 
um, old compressors and, and then on the tape or did you do the tape? Two inch tape. Right. Running um, there's a program, I forgot what it's called, uh, um, but it runs Pro Tools at the same time as the tape. Right. So your your music is going down to the tape, but Pro Tools is picking everything up. Right, so you can edit. And, um, yeah, so f editing later, but the music went down on the tape, and then we mix on the two-inch as well, and then you, you bounce that into digital later, and it just gives you that warmer analog sound. Sure. And so... Um, but yeah, we're we're playing live in the room. We're, we're, we're jamming. We did a song a day. Um, we wrote and recorded <laughs> a song a day. So we're like putting the thing together, and Jay's like frantically writing lyrics, and because right. we want, you know, we wanted to keep a, a, a dangerous, visceral, off the cuff sort of feel, which yeah. is what how we sound live, and yeah. um, we we never want to like be sound overproduced, you know. At least now. Maybe we'll do that Blaze of Glory, you know, song <laughs> <laughs> four albums from now, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but, uh, you know, I hope we don't. So, you know, I, I apologize in advance if we do, but, um, yeah. So you, so you wrote and recorded then in, I mean, what, two weeks or something like that, was it? Yeah, it was 20, 20 days. Right? Which yeah. Which is pretty fast for these days, really, isn't it? Yeah. To, to do that. Yeah, three weeks, um, written, recorded, uh, and mixed. I mean, we we whipped it out. I I read somewhere Van Halen's first album was done in uh, fourteen days, uh -huh. and um, but those guys were like touring in a station wagon. I mean, they knew their songs, and yeah. you know they went yeah. in and did it. We went in with no songs, no song ideas. Yeah. We were fresh off the road, though. Mm -hmm. We had done a um, like a six week long tour, and on that tour, we intentionally didn't write anything because we just we want we knew we would go in spontaneously and do it you know mm -hmm. and so I think pressure and time has come out you know uh, I mean it's gotten rave reviews yeah, we're so blessed to to you know the plan worked we all crossed our fingers went in there and made it a really good album so <laughs> Where do you see yourselves going now? You've got some dates in, uh, I just saw a day announced that you're playing in Sweden, Sweden Pop Festival, uh, Rock Festival, you've got the Pink Pop Festival and stuff, you've got any UK festivals um, after this? Or? The, the, you know, I'll keep spreading the rumour, if it is one, um, I think we're going to be playing Download. Right. Um, that's what I'm hearing through the grapevine, we haven't been announced yet, uh, I think they're making an announcement Wednesday. Right. Uh, 15 new bands are going to be announced for download. I don't know if we'll be in that, but... Um, uh, we did High Voltage and Sonosphere last year. Right. Um, uh, I think we'll probably do High Voltage again, too. That's in London. Right. Yeah. Um, we, we've been dying to do Glastonbury. That's, like, the one... That's the that's the festival every band wants to play, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. um, it's like, like in uh, America, we have Coachella... And Bonnaroo, those are like the big ones. Right. The, the goals, the, you know, you set your goals. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I, and I'm sure we're going to do some club dates. Um, we love headlining. Like, sure. We, yeah. we did a sold, a sold out UK headlining tour in November, and it went really well for us. Mm. Um, so, 
We'll definitely be back. I, I don't think it much is confirmed. We have a bunch of festivals, like, like a bunch of stuff in Norway, Finland, um, Italy, I think, Germany. Um, so we're still working on the UK. Right. I, I wanted to read a quote that I'd, I mean, got from Wikipedia, which who knows if it's true or not, but I thought it was a great quote that Scott had apparently said. Uh, the new album, which you're hoping to have released in 2012, is like being chased by ninjas while jumping a 71 Dodge Charger out the back of an airplane through a ring of fire, only come to a cushiony landing in a pit of $100 bills and ladies' undergarments and jelly donuts and polar bears. <laughs> or it could sound like Chuck Berry on a bad acid trip. Now, I don't know whether that's a true quote, but I think it's a great one. <laughs> that's on Wikipedia? Wikipedia? Oh, my gosh. That Scott allegedly said that this is what your, your next album could be like. Oh, man. Well, uh, I would go with uh, Chuck Berry on a bad acid trip. Um, but, yeah, we just we just finished uh, recording that. But um, it's, right. it's being mixed right now. Um, but we're so, we're so in pressure and time land. We just did the Redux and the DVD um, release. So we're steeped in that. Face of Light is our next single. We just did a video for that last right. week. Um, in the uh, Peak District, um, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. really beautiful countryside. So we have, we have. Uh, you can get the jump Dukes of Hazard cars out over there, though. Nope, nope. <laughs> um, Face of Light is you know a slower tune, more um, more of a uh, a good feeling, you know, a soul toucher, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the ballad. You know, the third single. <laughs> so we're not formulaic. It just turned out that. That That's the way it's it been getting it's been getting a lot of um, the feedback. You got to like listen to your radio people, and, yeah. and if they say Face of Light, then you go, "I'm going to trust you." You've been doing this, you know, yeah, yeah. 37 years. Personal influences as a drummer, then. Um, do how much uh, hard disk space oh, do you plenty. have on this? <laughs> 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 Let's see. Um, I I grew up um, with a dad who played guitar, so I grew up with Eric Clapton, The Who, Led Zeppelin, The Beatles. Um, my dad was a musician from the San Francisco scene in the late sixties. And, um, so I grew up with all of that yeah. Monterey pop, ja uh, Monterey yeah, pop, yeah. um, and Woodstock, you know, the quintessential bands we all know. Um, but my dad was also into like studio musicians. And so, um, when I was a kid, I heard, you know, Steely Dan to Toto to, um, any band that had the good session players on it, even like Jackson Brown and that stuff, that's mm -hmm. what I grew up on. And my dad was heavily into jazz. So um, I joined the jazz band in high school. Right. And uh, so I got into, obviously, Buddy Rich, Gene Krupa. Mm -hmm. um, I got a music degree um, and in, in, in music school. Got really into jazz and um, Frank Zappa. And so I got into like Elvin Jones, Roy Haynes, Tony Williams, um, th those jazz drummers, and then of course the Frank Zappa drummers, Terry Bozio, Vinnie yeah. Caliuta, Ansley Dunsbar, um, uh, Chad Wackerman, and um, Chuck Wackerman was my band director in high school. Right. So I, I was I was really close to the Zappa camp, you know, yeah. and I really wanted to be a shredder, you know, and so, um, and then. You know, of course, uh, through the years, um, keeping Zeppelin, 
and The Who. Keith Moon is my favorite. Just a, right. Um, Animal is the reason why I play drums, probably. Right. Um, because as a kid, you know, you see the Muppets, and <laughs> Animal is obviously the cu- the coolest Muppet. And um, but then I heard um, Phil Collins in the air tonight. That was the pinnacle moment. I can feel it. Yeah, that one. I heard that. I was like four years old. I was in the back seat, and my dad was driving, and I was like, Dad, Dad's yelling at him. Like, that's what I want to do. I want to do that, you know? And my dad was always pointing out. I was like, listen, listen to the drums. Listen to the drums right here. And I developed an ear. Um, I would tell any musician coming up, just to change the subject, listen to as much music as you can, and listen to what is happening, not just on your own instrument. Listen to the melodies. Um, listen to the harmony. Listen to see if it's in a minor key or a major key, what the mood of it is. Because as a, as a drummer, or as any instrument, you have to, you have to convey the mood of the song. Yeah. And so um, I, I, I call myself a, an emotional player. Like, you know, I like to bring out the, the emotion of the song. Mm-hmm. So um, if it's playful, I want, I want a bouncy feel. If it's, yeah. if it's dreary or a darker... Thing. I want it to be like more heavy or yeah. behind the beat or yeah. you know there's yeah. all sorts of I, I love a million drummers Tommy Lee is one of my favorites I, right. um, I I'm probably leaving off a bunch I, I studied with David Garibaldi I love Tower Power um, and um, Roy Burns studied with him he played with Benny Goodman and um, Tommy Dorsey back in the 50s yeah. now he's president of Aquarian Drumheads the, the drumheads that I play are Aquarian right. And so, uh, you're not your average rock drummer, then, really, are you? That's well, <laughs> you know, Bonham, John Bonham, yeah. um, was a jazz player. He's a funk. Yeah. He played funk. Um, a lot of our favorite guys did know how to play the other styles, yeah. and I think being well-rounded makes you a better music. I mean, it has to make you a better musician, you know, because yeah. um, you have more um, tools in your shed. Um, yeah. with which you can create. Um, create. Excellent. Michael, it's been yep. an absolute pleasure. I'm sorry it took a little longer than we were expecting. No problem. <laughs> it, it's, it's good to get away from those guys. I see them all day, every day, and your face is very An interesting beautiful. face, yes. isn't it? Yes. I love your face. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, this is Michael Miley from the Rival Sons, and you're listening to Pressure and Time.